Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic point of boy, this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor. Brave and sure. A ship full of dead sailors, contraband poison, the CIA, secret Japanese military units, and an explosion that destroyed all of the evidence. What exactly happened to the SS Aurang Madan? That's next on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you kill these fools? I'm not crazy! This hysteria. You can't handle the truth! Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive! But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never found a ghost ship drifting at sea. But we loved the movie Ghost Ship. This is Hysteria 51. I told you guys earlier that there was something seriously wrong with this boat. Haunted, possessed, whatever you want to call it. I said we get our boat going and get the hell out of here. What are we going to do? We have got to get off this boat now. Bon voyage. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and lead investigators in this otherworldly adventure. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. I have one question for you, John. Have you ever been on a ship where everyone else disappeared? Never. Well, no. I literally just said that in the the No, 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 no. So once, one could say you've never been on a John boat. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, man. It's too early for that. Dude, it's six o'clock at night. (laughs) I stand by my statement. (laughs) I like the idea of you guys riding on a boat like tonight's topic, where everyone dies. That that other voice you're hearing is the third host of this show and the only one who actively roots for our death. Well, to our faces, at least. There there might be others. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He is the one, the only conspiracy bot. I'm sure many others are rooting for your eventual demise. I, I built Seabot in my lab to help produce and edit the show. It said he's a drunk who sits around watching too much investigation discovery. Don't forget TLC. That 90 Day Fiance is cray. Z. You know, they say, <laughs> they say TV is the dumbing down of America. Thank God that extends to robots. Just yesterday, I was watching Carnival Eats and they covered a smoked turkey leg in frosted flakes, then deep fried it. I mean... You're right, John, but I'd, I'd probably try that turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I guess me too. <sighs> it's all coming together. Speaking of come together, let's pull this show together with a guest. Welcome to the, the first timer in the lower fourth dimension, the host of the popular podcast, Hillbilly Horror Stories, Mr. Jerry Pauly. Jerry! Thank you, guys, so oh. much for having me on. It's been uh, about time. I've only been asking for about two years. Well, so, you know yeah. what? There's a there's a line. We're like a we're like a busy bathroom. 
There's always a line. And here's the thing. <laughs> a lot of the people that come on this show have to stand in the line outside of our studios. Uh, Joe is there right now. Yeah, we didn't let him in. Uh, and, and so the fact that we did this remotely is is unprecedented for us. Yeah. Jerry, tell everyone about your show because you are in the podcast realm just like us. You talk about the same absolutely true things that we cover week after week. <laughs> Tell everyone about your show. Well, we're a husband and wife team, and uh, the beauty of our show is my wife knows absolutely anything about the story that I'm going to tell her. You're supposed to say the beauty of your show is your wife. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> the chances of her listening to this are slim and none, so I think I'm Touché. okay. Touche. My wife doesn't listen either, so I don't, I don't <laughs> But she, she really doesn't know the story, and uh, she's not a huge paranormal fan. I mean, she gets into it a little more now than she did. So she's like totally taken aback by everything we do. And she gives a good, honest response. And uh, I think that's what makes the show gel with most of the audience members is because they feel like she asks the same questions or reacts the same way as what they would. The the back and forth or the, the relationship you have with your host is important. I think a lot of people listen to our show because they feel bad for John. And then they feel bad for me because I have to be around John. And so everyone needs that you know, that hook. And I think that's ours. There's and a couple hours a week where Brent can try to make himself feel better about a lot of things in life. And he does it by projecting on me. <laughs> uh, so Jerry, My uh, coolness. you've been doing this for what? A couple of years now, at least, right? Yeah. It'd be three years in August. Yeah. Three, I was going to say, yeah. we started, he started one month before we did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've got some time, some experience under your belt. What has been your favorite topic to cover? Man, you know, that's a, that's a good one because I want to say probably the Gary Demon House in Gary, Indiana, uh, just because, you know, a lot of these stories that we cover, it seems like all of them are like in the 70s. You don't find any of them that are really recent. Uh, so the one, you know, the Gary House was only what, I think 2014, 15. So I like the fact that it had all the classic uh, signs of, of the great horror stories that are out there. And the hauntings, but was recent. So I think that was probably my favorite. That's one we haven't done. No, yeah, we could actually go there. Though I, th I would actually be frightened to go there. Has nothing to do with the actual house, though. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. The murder capital of the world, I believe. I, I, I remember. Like I, I went. I went there probably twenty years ago, and there was a billboard up that said the murder capital of the world, and it was people who were against how the city was handling things paid to have to sign up as kind of a, uh, well, if you're not going to fix things, then we'll just take pride in what we do. So it was definitely out of spite, <laughs> but you know, they were the murder capital of the world at the time that I went there. Seabot actually made me take him there a few times to get his picture taken in front of it. So <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> I don't even know exactly what that means, but John Brent. Yes. We have another guest. We are double timing it. We are digging deep. Yep. This one, He's got his own bumper. His name is... Kevin Crispin. Kevin Crispin, welcome back to the Lower Fourth Dimension. Mr. Kevin yeah, T. You. Crispin, yeah. the Fourth Esquire. Yeah, that's right. I uh, I have four law degrees. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what the fourth means. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Lawsuits. You mispronounced oh, that. Oh, my fault. My fault. Speaking of, you guys mentioned Joe standing in line. I actually just passed him in line and stepped on his head. Yes. That's, so he's actually laying. Down. He's, he's laying gotta, in line. He's laying down. Usually, he's got to pay double for that kind of action. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, 
uh, but what a line, especially with my IBS. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, what have you been up to? Oh, oh man. He's got I, news. I, I do have news. About 6'2", 250. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I watched oh, Jason Fuse last night. My gains. No, I'm, I, I've always said I was 5'11". I think I'm only 5'10". I'm just coming to terms with that. Uh, what have I been up to? <laughs> I uh, have a little show that I've been doing on a streaming network on Twitch called Sad Times. Um, and I'm going to be working with uh, with some of our friends here in the Hysteria Nation. Yeah, you might be uh, you might be looking at a producer over here, the new Sad Times. So, producer. so yeah. Sad Times. Right. I'm I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here, mm-hmm. and tell me if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm generally am about these things. Mm-hmm. Following the same basic premise of the TV show from the '70s, Good Times. Yep, exactly. Uh, yep. except for it's Sad Times. Uh, that's exactly right. And just saying, dynamite. He goes, kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we do is we make the audience sad. We just play "Happy" by Pharrell over and over and over again. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I bring on a guest uh, every week, and we kind of talk about some. You know, I talk to the guests beforehand. I say, what's on limits? What's off limits? They tell me what they really want to talk about in the sad <laughs> realm. He says, show me on this doll. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, we uh of Joe Peck. Uh, we uh, <clears throat> and then we kind of discuss some stuff that has made them sad. How they act when they're sad, things like that. How how their family members act because I think nobody talks about that really, and yeah. I think it would be more helpful. If, I think the if best thing he said he's like we're not. He he said I'm not here to fix it. We're just here to talk about it. You know, and that's yeah. a really good way to put it. And people are surprisingly open to him. No, I'm done. I'm not tuning in. Yeah, you know, I need fixing. Sounds sounds cool. Sounds interesting for other people, not for me, of course. Uh, where can they find it? <laughs> well, they can find it at oh Jesus, it's like twitch.com slash b and friends. So b e e look A&D up the friends look up sad times on facebook there is now a page and a group and i will be uh How bringing that, that to the masses uh i think he's not even in sweat. his own pager group yet so no, it's kevin, kevin a little 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 promotion tip yeah. uh-huh nowhere to send people especially uh, yeah. if you're about to come on a world-class podcast like this one you guys i'll send you to the email i send out every week to about 35 people and that's that's my promotion buddy because i got instagram when i did a one-man show and i used it once and i sweat i started sweating so <laughs> he's still sending people to his friends speaking, right. speaking of sweating you're gonna yeah. be doing some sweating when you're around my segue right your segue really you're gonna be sweating yeah. when you find out oh! this week's topic jerry kevin john we are talking the Oran Madan, I believe, is how you say it. The ghost ship. It's got it's a ghost ship. It has the CIA pirates, real ghosts, aliens, multinational war crimes. We're firing in all cylinders. Jerry, this is one of this one you said, I'm happy to do this. You, you have you guys covered this one already? We haven't. Uh I tossed it around a little bit and uh somehow or another it's just, you know, you know how it is when you do these shows, you have a list of a thousand different topics and So what you're saying is you said this is a bullshit topic. You guys can handle it. We'll just wait it. for Hysteria 51 to take care of that one. <laughs> I, I was trying not to put it that way, but since you already put it out there. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I could hear it in your stuff voice. Stuff but fair. Let, hey, let me bring up something that, that's off topic, but what we were talking about. Absolutely. Though, we, don't, we, don't do this, we don't do that on this show. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, segue. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard this show before go <laughs> off topic. So I was a stand-up comedian for 15 years. had the privilege of meeting a lot of other uh, stand-up comedians, and y'all mentioned good times. Do you know? Jimmy Walker. I've met him once. He was not the nicest gentleman in the world. Oh, no. But but do you realize that when he comes to a comedy club, he has to be paid, and I don't know the dollar amount, a certain amount 
every time he says dynamite. Is that right? And if you don't pay that dollar amount, he doesn't say it. Catchphrase. Man, wow. so he's really capital. Uh, you know, and I've been, I heard a. Uh, Mark Maron's podcast recently interviewed David Letterman, and they kept referring to how they all they uh, David Letterman was at the Comedy Store with Jimmy Walker in the seventies. Yeah, hmm. isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's funny. A lot of those people, or, or at least he's willing to say it, I guess, because you know what you talk about Willis and things like that just became banes of people's existence. I felt like Kevin left us hanging there. I thought there was going to be some sort of. Um into that story no uh you guys don't bring me on for that narrative sure don't <laughs> we, we didn't pay for it we no, didn't I pay was for just, it. i was just agreeing with jerry that i actually i not agreeing i didn't know until about a week ago that he had been a stand-up to uh, jimmy walker so gotcha, that was gotcha, just gotcha. an interesting uh another piece of information that i just learned about him well and by charging for dynamite you know what dynamite's made of nitroglycerin that might come into play in the Orang Madan oh, story. Oh, crap. Brent, you might want to pay attention to how John does transitions. <laughs> so this is a story that really keeps on giving. It seems every new theory is crazier and more sometimes plausible than the one before it. Let's start, John. Why don't you tell people the story, and we'll kind of fill in the blanks here, of what is said to have happened back in the day. Here's what we know. In June, or perhaps February of 1940, or perhaps 1947, or maybe even 1948, one of those <laughs> dates, depending on the source or what newspaper you read, two American vessels were uh, were navigating the Straits of Malacca. What can I say? He's in the Malaccas, Dino. Hey, uh, that's from Weird Science. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think they said Malacca's. No, they uh, did. I swear. Literally Malacca. It M-A-L? Mal- it's like a slang term. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry to whoever that offends. <laughs> I, I, I've never even heard it. Uh, the, the the two ships were the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star. And, and amongst, on the city of Baltimore. Amongst many other ships, it's actually one of the um, busiest thoroughfares, the uh, Strait of Malacca in the world. It's also... Uh, very busy for shipping and very busy for pirates because it's very close and easy to. Uh, they say vessels. something like a quarter of the world's goods pass through the Strait yeah. of Malacca. Really? Uh, yeah. St- even still? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you that my numbers are updated for 2019. Uh, so I'm holding you to it. I suppose nope, it could. you're held to it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> hold me to it. All right. So uh, they they picked up uh, a several uh, a number of distress messages from a merchant ship that was somewhere within at least radio frequency or radio length or whatever, radio distance, the Orang Madan. The distress messages came through in Morse code, and it and here's the here's the translation. SOS from Orang Madan. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in the chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole of crew dead. And then there was a few like confused dots and dashes. That There's were just a kind lot of, of them that gobbledygook. Kind of like what someone who was dying they say might right, have done. Right, right. And then later, two more words came through in Morse code: "I die." It sounds like it started off that Pennywise was sending right. that. We <laughs> all flew. We down. all flowed down. So, here. Jerry, how's your Morse code? Do you think you could pull it off when you're you're dying, or uh, are you, you pretty solid? I don't think I could pull it off if I was wide awake and had a book in front of me telling me what to do. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I had walkie-talkies, and on the front of them, so it was a walkie-talkie, and then they had a, a Morse code button, and it had the alphabet and stuff. I just remember, dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, 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 that was SOS. Oh, nice. Well, the sound that you were hearing while we were talking through that was the actual Morse code of the message. Or, you know, <laughs> a facsimile. Or whatever Seabot came up with. No, that's the real one, damn it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Waste of time. I have audio from on board the actual boat. Conspiracy bot, play the clip. I mean, me, play the clip. Damn it. Ah! Now that was a fucking boat ride. Woo! 
<laughs> An adventure like that makes me freaking horny. <laughs> okay, anyway, thanks, yeah, Seba. Yeah. Uh, anyway, British and Dutch listening posts picked up the calls and were able to triangulate the location, uh, alerted nearby ships, and uh, the American ship that we mentioned earlier, the Silver Star, was the first on the scene. Yeah, they, they triangulated somewhere near Sumatra and Malaysia. Kevin, are you still summering in Sumatra? Uh, I fall there. You yeah. fall there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I autumn there. I fall during my autumn. Autumnal. I, I hear the persimmons there are to die for. Uh, well, No, you didn't hear about the persimmon blight? It's been all over, at least my news. The persimmons were my cousin, um, uh, Freddie, Freddie Jones, died of persimmon poisoning, so I'd rather not talk See, about that. See, if you're going to go down a rabbit hole that yeah. doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. you have to at least sound convincing about I'm, it. I I'm, was an actor, John. <laughs> yeah. my, my bad. Oh, yeah. Thank Ste- you. Stepping backwards. <laughs> so, yeah. The Silver Star, it's the first one. It's this U.S. boat. It's the first one on the scene. They say, hey, go try to help these people. And they try to reach anyone on deck. They go around, and they can't see anyone. And they're waving their arms, and they're saying, hey, help us, you know, you know, help us help you. <laughs> and no one <laughs> is doing anything. No reply or signs of life. So they send an away team Star Trek style to board it to check for people uh, below deck and to see what has happened and to check for survivors. You guys are my red shirts. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. Red shirts die. We've already outsmarted them. See, but so. you're the ensign, if anybody. But what they found was not any survivors, Brent. Yeah. Do you guys remember, Jerry? Did you do you remember the ghastly appearance of the people that they found? Yeah, they were um, looked like they'd been in anguishing and pain. Bodies were all contorted. Uh, faces basically just looked like they'd been through the most uh, horrible, frightening thing ever. You know, they, like they watched science, a Johnny Walker, uh, or a Jimmy Walker stand-up special, or something like that. <laughs> that or a John Travolta movie, either one. <laughs> That's right. And uh, it, it extended to everybody on board. There wasn't one live soul, and the people that were the, all of the people the dog. It didn't. You, thanks for taking the punch. Oh, line. were you gonna say that? Okay, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's fine. I, they, everyone, had that kind of mouth agape, terrified look. Um, you know, kind of uh, rigor mortis had set in, so the flexed limbs were still flexed, and uh, and it was terrifying. So they said, "Well, we'll 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 at least drag it back for salvage." Yeah. Well, well I mean, here's the thing. Everyone knows. What do you do when you find a ghost ship? You, you tow, tow it, it in for money. money. Yeah, like every, that is the one thing that we've learned episode after episode on this ship, on this ship, on this show is when you find a something, this hour is also, no matter how gruesome it looks at you go, this is God awful. I'm going to get me some coin. And that's what you do. It makes tow. it makes complete sense. And that, my friends, is capitalism. So they and set so, out to do that. And they get it tethered up. They're ready to go. Uh, no one from the boarding party slash anybody from the Silver Star was willing to stay on the Orang Madan because uh, it was flipping terrifying. I mean, you imagine like all those bodies just you know gaping at you and in in abject yet silent horror. It's kind of like what I look like when I sleep because I'm a mouth breather and it's just wide open. And I'm also just in horrific dreams. This is actually really weird to me because I didn't know this. Jerry told me maritime law says that someone has to stay on and they uh, rock paper scissor for it. That's oh. two out of three maritime law. Maritime law. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. kind of like bird law. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes without saying. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. But in this particular case, everybody uh, said, "Nope, we're not going to stay on the ship." So they hopped off. Uh, they had the tether tied, and just about when they got it tied, they noticed some smoke coming from inside the uh, hull. 
Could you and say that there was smoke on, on the, the water? water? Maybe fire in the sky? No. God damn it. That was a deep purple cut. <laughs> you know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know, bigger than a Walmart. And if it went up in smoke. I mean, speaking of fire in the sky. Yeah. So what do they do? What do they do? What do you do when the, the boat you're towing catches on fire, John? Well, you untether it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You you do that. Some say the, the waters were calm. Some say it was terrible choppy. Either way, they cut the tow line just as the ship explodes. And the story goes, it exploded with such force, it actually rose out of the water and then just came down and sank immediately. Which which isn't weird. I mean, they say the Titanic did that as well. If it splits in the middle, uh, you know, one piece And then it actually sinks up, relatively Right, and then fast, it sinks. Part of it, exactly. Yeah. So, taking with it all the clues, of course, of what actually happened on the Uran Madan. Dun, dun, dun. That's the story. I mean, that's it in the nutshell. We're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're all going to talk this over. We're going to figure out what actually happened. That's coming will, up. It'll be decided today on this show. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we're to be here. We're truth tellers. That's Finally. coming up. <laughs> Hysteria 51. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition, and mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use, like, the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient, and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value, and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're 50% oh. off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. 
After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So we are back. Maritime law set in. And I want to I want to take some time to, to throw some stuff out here while we're talking through this. There are lots of versions of the story. Jared, oh, I'm God, sure I was, I was worried. One. I'm, I'm glad this is <laughs> that you're throwing things out that are related to this topic. I thought you were just going to start randomly telling us about your life. Well, no, no. Poetry. <laughs> that's for that's for sad times. <laughs> hey, hey. You, Kevin, I'm sure when you research and Jerry, John, everyone, you, you, you read and there's discrepancies. Everyone seems to tell it like their version is the end all be all. And some details differ from story to story, but the bones Many just details. The different. bones are there of what we just told you. So we're just going to plow through and we've told you how it kind of we researched it. So keep in mind, you might have heard slight differences. Everyone has. These are just the basis. Some discrepancies, though, we talked about depending on where you got the story. The year, as John said, the water when they were towing the ship, choppy or calm. What kind of dog was on board? I'm telling you, it was a shih tzu. You know, the important info. <laughs> Uh, some even said the crew was falling apart, and John, you said like rigor mortis had set in. Yeah, it was it, they. The way it was described, at least in one or two accounts, is that they were their bodies were deteriorating much more quickly than a body typically does. Typically, when a when if it had only been hours, uh, but they the impression they're giving is that if normally deterioration or or decomposition. Would look like X. It looked like Y. Like it had if been it had accelerated. Been a few hours, they should have had bruising on their back, and they might have started stiffening. I actually looked this up, but it shouldn't have been any sort of the skin tightening decomposition that it <laughs> right. Would have, you know, they would have taken after weeks or months. Yeah. So, other than that, all the basics are the same. Other than that, yeah, Jerry. So, looking at the stories we've told, like, what's your favorite part? You, 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 I say favorite part when they die. Seem like <laughs> on the on the the. The up and up in face. Does this seem like a story that 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 seems true, or does it seem like you know a, a fairy tale? Well, you know that's a good question, and that really depends on the versions that you've heard. From the standpoint 
of could there have been a ship that there was some type of uh, chemical reaction to, which is what some of the claims are, to where it, possibly a killer gas could have just killed everyone. Mm-hmm. That's very, very possible. I could see. And then, you know, some of those range from they were carrying stuff that they weren't supposed to be carrying. Uh, so it makes sense. You mentioned a killer gas that could kill everyone. I can tell you that that's fact. That's very possible. After having sat in a studio with Brent for over three years now, it definitively... <laughs> he has seen me almost die from being in the room oh, with him. Oh, see how he flipped it on me? Over and over and over again. You Death followed him wherever he went. <laughs> the crew met, if to this story is to be believed, what Jerry said, a horrible death, and then blew up as you do, you know? And what could have caused it? Well, Jerry just brought up a really good thing. One theory is there's multiples. Now, what what could have happened? Let's talk through multiple theories. Well, one that one kind of covers two gases. There's there's more than one that could happen. Jerry said gas carbon monoxide poisoning. The guy who came up with the term Bermuda Triangle, Vincent Gaddis, said a boiler could have been malfunctioning and emitting carbon monoxide from the fuel it was burning. People inhale it, they die. But here's the problem that a lot of people have with that story. It's not an enclosed ship, and it would leak out the carbon monoxide in the atmosphere. So the people in the top decks probably would have been fine. It just people in the hole would have been sick. Does Vincent Gaddis have two specialties, uh, the, the Bermuda Triangle and boilers? No, like, uh, how did he come across <laughs> this? Yeah, if, if actually, if you look him up on LinkedIn, oh, uh, is that, is he's endorsed for both. Bo- yeah. yeah, he's endorsed yeah, for both. I endorsed him for social media. I endorsed him for pizza. Okay, that's we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> hey, some people are jack of all trades. You know what I mean? Master, so, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Renaissance man is what you might call him. So that's one thought, and I don't know that he came up with that. You know, Mister. Mister uh, Bermuda Triangle. I don't, I don't buy anyone that who's looking at this at the Orangmadan is looking at it like today going that was a distinct possibility it's one that's been floated out there but i don't think anyone's like that i'm I'm buying that one the other theory number two it was in the strait of malacca pirates people say pirates took them and they 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 killed them well here's the distinct problem jerry was describing the bodies guess what you didn't talk about jerry wounds right you know? Right. So how would they have killed I thought you them? were going with Pittsburgh. They were uh-huh. nowhere near Pittsburgh. They just said baseball bat. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Who the Mets are still paying for, by the way. I know, and that fucking crazy. Uh, so you're, you're right, Brent. The only way it, w- it could have been pirates is one of two things. They like Ghost pirates. They beat them in places you couldn't see to death, <laughs> every one of them. Mm. And I, I mean, even then... <laughs> Like, let's say you beat someone so viciously in, like, the torso that you couldn't see it because they had a shirt on. There'd still, like, be blood or effuse from, like, their nose well, and mouth. Maybe they put, maybe the pirates had, like, bars of soap and a sock, they, like, a full metal they jacket. Had a, they had a phone book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where's my money, man? Where's my money? Uh, or they, 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 they were pi- disguised pirates and they came on as, like, hey, let's have a spot of tea. And then they shared their tea and it was filled with poison. Now, Jerry, have you ever beaten anyone to death and not have them show any wounds? I mean, not in the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, see, my, my skill level has deteriorated <laughs> as I've gotten that older. That is a perishable skill. you got to keep up it on it. Sounds like a man who understands the statute of limitations <laughs> in his own state. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you mentioned, other than the decomposition, there was not supposed to be anything wrong with the bodies whatsoever. No signs of wounds, no mm-hmm. signs of bruising, anything. So that was the tricky thing. And, and let's go back to what you were saying, Brent, 
about the carbon monoxide. This ship eventually exploded. Is carbon monoxide, and I don't know this, is that a flammable situation? No. No. No, not no. at all. If so anything, that doesn't would, explain there at all. If anything, it would it would kill the fi- kill a uh, a fire or ignition, it, kill the oxygen that yeah. gives the fire. Yeah. It would drive it. The fuel. Yeah, that's that's a harsh one, and so we kind of obviously we're a bunch of thermodynamics experts. It's true. So that's Duh. those are two things that we've kind of put the kilbosh on. Theory number three: this whole thing, and this also ties into what you were talking about earlier too, Jerry. The whole thing was used as a cover up. What's that one about, John? This whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, this thing. This <laughs> thing. <laughs> All right. So there, there's there's a few problems. There's no paper trail. Now, these aren't problems if it is a cover up. They feed into it, but yes. <laughs> Very true. Right, it's true. There's no paper trail on the wrong Madon. It's that, then that name, as a ship, has never been found on any manifest, on anybody's books, anywhere. In fact, so this is really interesting. So there are several places that track all ships and shipwrecks or ship maritime incidents. ShipTracker.com. Yeah, so literally <laughs> all these places keep <laughs> files. They did back then. Lloyd's Register of Ships, the Dictionary of Disasters at Sea, the National Maritime Museum, the Dutch Shipping Records, because it was a Dutch ship, mm. Singapore Maritime Authority, the National Maritime Historical Society, none of them have any proof that an Oran Madan ever actually existed. Was that like two truths and a lie? Did you like make up two of those? Oh, I actually did those not. Those are all real things. The Singapore Maritime Authority is yeah. a respected thing. It does not sound real. It is actually real. Lloyd's Register, Register of Ships, that's Lloyd's of London. Oh, that's why it's called Lloyd's. It's not, it. not just like your uncle Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Lloyd, you ever heard of um, uh, the Oran Madan? No, no, don't have it here. So uh, go ahead and cross that one off. You know what? I'm, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your I nephew. I thought that's where you registered if you were getting married and on your list was a, a <laughs> ship or a boat or something. Yeah, I really want to. Uh, my <laughs> wife and I, we want a boat, so we re- we register at Lloyd's. Yeah, Lloyd's of London actually the first uh, the first insurance company to offer insurance for uh, for sailing vessels. Oh, really? Yeah, they're actually the first company to offer insurance. Period. Uh, uh, insurance did not exist uh, until the Great London Fire. And Lloyd's of London came really? about after the Great London Fire, and and that everybody lost their entire livelihood, and that's where the idea of insurance they said, came from. Aha, aha, here we go. And Lloyd's of London, by the way, also used to um, insure professional wrestlers' bodies. I don't know if they do that anymore. I'm sure they still do. My penis yeah. is uh, insured. It's from not them. true. It no. is it's not true. No. It is. It's my money maker. <laughs> so if anything happens to it, I get a hefty payout. And thirty seven dollars. Little little known fact. Thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> thirty eight if it happens on public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for you, John. Thank you. Thank you. None so of them, John, the had anything. Point, on. The point being, the ship wasn't registered. Now, other people will step in and say. Oh, but wait, there's more. The Silver Star wasn't registered either. That's factually incorrect. Yeah, so a lot of people, depending on where you read it, said the that one didn't read. Exactly. It actually has been absolutely proven to be a real ship. The Silver Star was real. It. Um, hey, Lloyd, uh, is there a Silver Star? Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I've seen that bitch. 
Uh, they they before they before it went out on this voyage, the name had actually been recently changed. It wasn't the Silver Star on this voyage. It was the Santa Juana. And uh, there's a shipping company called Graceline that had bought the rights to it and renamed it. That's where the confusion sets in mm-hmm. for the Silver Star. And if you've listened to this show before, too, you know, there's a whole process to renaming a boat and you don't mess around with it or bad things happen. <laughs> Getting back to the cover up. So we know the ship. We, we don't know that the ship existed at all. It, nobody's seen this name. But the reason it didn't is because it was a cover up. It was being used to smuggle two, two, not not one, but two substances that uh, are a bit illicit and were certainly were then potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin the reason that that is bad and a seabot knows all too well in 1925 geneva outlawed the use of chemical and biological weapons in war pussies <laughs> right so why would that stand out why did it would they be carrying nerve gas for all intents and purposes because this was during the time of obviously World War II and Germany was working on all of this and the United States uh, would have loved to be able to get their hands on a lot of this stuff. So if they was to want to move this around, they wouldn't want to be tied around, you know, their name to it. So it'd be easier just to uh, maybe p- petition a ship or commission it to carry some of this uh, chemicals on board and, and get it to where it's going without you having to risk your name being tied to it. That's right. That's right. And even if they weren't um, commissioned by a large government, ours or someone else's, transporting cyanide and nitroglycerin just isn't a, uh, a legal thing to do or wasn't then certainly. Uh, so you you wouldn't put your name out there as having done that. You'd change the name. Yeah, you, and they were looking for someone to do it and they found this Dutch ship. They found the captain. He said, I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> You'll do perfectly. So the story goes, it, it, let's just say that was the case. They've got, they've got kind of an unsecured mass of, of, of cyanide and an unsecured mass of nitroglycerin. Been there. Water gets in the hull, mixes with the cyanide, turns it into the gaseous form of cyanide and kills everyone on board. Okay, okay, that's great, but how did it explode? The water continues to seep in and eventually makes its way to the unstable nitroglycerin, causing some sort of reaction. This isn't chemistry hour, but, you know, I'm sure there was some sort of reaction that blew the ship up after the Silver Star discovery. Right, right, right. But much like the hull of this ship, there are some holes. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it does make sense. I will say this because we were talking earlier, the whole the the death throes that they were in. I, I would think that if you got, you know, nerve gassed. You well, would no. probably die in that way. Ah, you don't? Ah, frozen. Ah. You mean as, as, as you would say, ah, 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 uh, cyanide, while very lethal, doesn't cause muscle spasms or anything that would cause you to lock in these death. Uh, other gases, other things do. Cyanide just kills you. So that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have led to that look on their face. Right. And all they that. would have looked okay. peaceful. And now, dead. Ray, do you still keep that, uh, that cyanide tooth in case everyone questions you about what you do for us? Yes, I always, always clench sometimes. <laughs> that was a different question. That's because you're around. Go for it. That is <laughs> clench not, my mouth. You know what? Uh, that's that's why he's in the production booth. All right, but uh, so we know it could explain the dead people. But I didn't know be, that. I really thought that that I was like, oh, gas. I would think they'd be no cyanide doesn't do that. But the the, the even bigger problem with it is why would the people on deck have died? Much like the uh, carbon monoxide yeah, we were talking about before, the right? How did they die when it would have just dissipated, like you said, into the atmosphere? Yeah, I don't know. Jerry, are you smelling this one, so to speak? Well, is it, what do you think? Potassium cyanide hangs around for a while. The more interesting question is, if it was strong enough to kill the people that were on the ship, 
why didn't it do anything to the rescue workers that came right, on? Right, right. Because right, it, right. it doesn't dissipate quickly enough uh, as some of the other substances, which I'm sure we'll probably be getting into, that's a possibility, like Taven. Yes. So there's other gases that it could have been. Taven gas, it's kind of the boogeyman of the gases, well, right? Wait. And what a great preview oh. to take us to the break. Oh, we're going to go to break. But when we come back, some more probable causes and explanations. And could it all just be a lie? And <laughs> since it hasn't happened yet, will Brent or will John or maybe a special appearance by Kevin sing? Uh-oh. Maybe we'll make Jerry sing and just get it done and over with. Sounds like <laughs> That's <a plan>. up <laughs> next on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Of the weird explanations. Well, I mean, Keep we tried. We gave you more the more straight laced explanations before the break. Let's get into the explanations that make sense for the show. Well, let's let's start. Go into your other your your thoughts on on Taven there, Jerry. Yeah, yeah tell us about Taven. Obviously, was something like we talked about. It was something that uh, was illegal. It was something the Russians were using. It was a toxic nerve uh, agent. It's considered like the worst gas ever, right? Right, and like, the, Germ- the Germans were using it, and they were sh- supposedly sharing it with Japan, uh, and that obviously that would have been an issue considering you know where we were uh, with with relations with Japan at the time. Was Taven uh, used in World War One? Sorry to interrupt, Jerry. Was it was it used in World War One? No, I believe it was developed after World War One. Is that right? In World it's War Two, so strange. I've never yes. heard of it. The yeah. Germans developed it and they shared it with the Japanese. And the Japanese actually had this really god awful uh, unit, military unit seven thirty one, and which we was- did a show on. Oh, did you really? Yep, we oh, did nice. a whole show on that one. Nice, and they were uh, they were some bad folks. They would they they tested all kinds of bad. Like we we talked about before on the show about Nazis testing on on POWs. Yeah. Uh, this is the this is the Japanese equivalent uh-huh. of that. And and if they had Taben at the same time, you know, the war's over, and you think about how we went and got all of the Nazi scientists. Well, like Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Think about the same premise. Only let's go get all of the nasty chemicals from Unit Seven Thirty One. Unit Seven Thirty One. So it's not the Four O Seven Seven. It's not the same. They didn't have a radar. No, no, they did not have a radar. Well, they did, but you couldn't understand uh, what his name was because you don't speak Japanese. Thanks for assuming that. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? But here's a big but. Going back to what you're talking about, the persistence level of it laying around in the atmosphere for Tabin or Tabin is very low. So another thing where the Silver Star, where they showed up, it, it should have dissipated by then. If if that's the problem, it, it, I mean, if it was Tabin, I mean, you have to make a few assumptions. The American military went off the books, commissioned a freighter to transport the chemical, changed the name mid-trip, uh, and also not care about the outcome. It's also, it's, it's also worth noting that when you, we talked about the bodies before, Tabin does have a neurotransmitter allowing muscle or not allowing muscle. Tabin does block the neurotransmitter that allows muscles to relax. So you that you oh. lock up. So you lock up. So that kind of checks a lot of boxes in right. a very scary way. Right. And it feeds into the whole uh, this is a clandestine thing and that's why it's never been heard of. Now we were speaking about the federal government. There is a different branch of of our government that thinks it could have been something paranormal. The CIA. Ooh. So the CIA um, recently, 
released a letter from C.H. Mark, who was the assistant to the director of the CIA. Um, oh, the, he was the assistant. He was his. He was his just his secretary. He was. His, <laughs> um, I'm. I'm going to throw my hand in this one. <laughs> It's like the office. Uh, yeah. uh, assistant to the, the assistant regional manager. No, yeah. assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> um, no, but he was the he was the uh, the assistant to the director of the CIA. He wrote a letter that was recently de- declassified by the CIA. Now the letter was dated December fifth, nineteen fifty nine. So anywhere from twenty to ten years after the original mm. incident, and it was written to an unknown recipient. Unknown because the name was redacted. In the letter, uh, Mark explains that the events basically explains everything that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. He then writes, quote, I feel sure that the SS or Ang Madan tragedy holds the answer to many of these airplane accidents and unsolved mysteries of the sea. That is a hell of a statement. He's saying it like some paranormal shit happened. And oh, I thought he was saying it as like, uh, yeah, this is a cover up. And uh, that probably has happened quite a bit. No, because oh. he goes on to say more. He goes on to highlight old English writings that had a, quote, alarming passages about the sightings of huge fiery spheres rising or diving into the sea. And those were reports from various ship captains and crews all around the world. Most interesting could be the question he poses to the recipient, whomever it was, quote, do you think something from the unknown, and he put unknown in quotes, is involved? And he used the word unknown. Yes. Okay. He then asks, could the enchanting sea hold the secret? Quote, I feel certain that the Orang Madan tragedy also holds the answer to the, quote, secret. So he put in quotes oh, the word yeah. unknown and the word secret. Is this where we got the book, The Secret? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, who <sighs> was the recipient a... of the letter? Why was the CIA even involved? I mean, this what feels did... like the Bermuda Triangle, you know, the uh, same things. You know, it's it's a hell of a statement. It's weird that the CIA, the CIA is talking about uh, causation from the world of the weird, right? Right. Which is funny because in the world of the weird that we're going through now, it's on everyone's lips with UFOs and things like that. But this was a different time, 1959. I don't know. Jerry, tell us, tell us what you think about the CIA and their uh, and their dalliances with the paranormal. To me, that at least proves that the ship existed because there was a lot of questions on did it exist or not. That's a statement. good point. Yeah, true, true, yeah, true. The, the CIA is not going to just speculate on something that they're not even sure existed. They had the ability to know if it did or didn't. So. That's a great point. Um, it's like it's like an understood for them. Yeah, of course it existed. But no, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, it's more logical where I tend to lead, lean toward the paranormal aspect of stuff just from the aspect of what we do. But in this situation, it almost seems like the uh, instances that we've already put forth, it would be more more than likely one of those instances more than a paranormal situation. But- yeah, and, and it's if it's not in your food chain of of knowing you wouldn't know one person the cia doesn't know what the other guy's doing so if it was some sort of clandestine thing it does stand to reason that they wouldn't know right they 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 all operate in silos so here's the question gang before we move on from the paranormal if it is paranormal is it aliens or is it ghosts why can't it be the ghosts of aliens or or uh, or I guess cryptids, but you know, uh, let's let's stick with let's stick with the train of thought here: aliens or ghosts? Well, Kevin, what do you think? Because John was just talking about the the CIA was talking about fiery balls and spheres rising from the sea. Do you, could, could this be aliens, and they were just trying out some new weapon? Or well, or? they said that was an old English writing, right? So was it just fucking? Were they just quoting John Milton or something? Uh, like, no, they were drinking old, old English. Yes. Oh, they were drinking ye old English. Yeah, oh. ye old English eight hundred. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it's ghosts, and my basis for that is I saw one of those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Ooh. Oh well, you know the fire. I watched Ghost Ship this the, week. The fiery spheres. Um, uh, that's a tremendous, tremendous decision on your part. It's a great movie. Those fiery spheres could have been uh, like whale souls. Whale, whale souls, <laughs> right? So you know, a whale underwater dies. Uh-huh. The ghost of the whale is in that fiery sphere, and it as it passes through the of the Orang Madan, it kills everybody on board, and they all look scared. So is this the only time we've ever seen whale souls come <laughs> shooting out of the ocean? Because I think other whales have died. Well, uh, you know, if you're it not looking, it was a different looking, time, Kevin. It was uh, a different time. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm not looking for whale souls. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm just looking for trees, so I don't it's run. It's kind of say whale souls or whale souls. Uh, you know how like uh, you. you 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 decide that you're going to buy a, a a certain type of car. You're going to buy a Toyota Camry. Yeah. You start all of a sudden seeing Camrys everywhere. Uh huh. There's actually a name for that. I forget what it is. Um, it's the same thing. You're not when you're not on the lookout for whale souls. Yeah. You don't see them. Man, I'm going to look for those fuckers but, on the yeah, way home. Now, yeah. Now, now you're going to see them everywhere. If you take two ninety. You'll see like three or four. <laughs> <laughs> you it's think a t-shirt. Aliens, whale souls. I don't know aliens. Why they kill everyone? <laughs> Wouldn't they just take them unless they were checking out some and ghosts? Well, but see, that's the thing. They weren't comparing the number of bodies to a manifest because there was no manifest. Well, we don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know how many bodies could have been missing. That that manifest is I in a box. I just made the best point. You all should be impressed. Uh, I was just going to say the manifest is in a box next to like the, the Ark, Ark of the, of the Covenant. Covenant and, you know, the, <laughs> something, you know, in a back room somewhere. Uh-huh. Ark of the Covenant. So, Roswell so Leftovers. What's your over under manifest? <laughs> what's your over under on ghosts or aliens? Which one do you do you believe, Jerry? Ghost, alien, alien, ghosts, ghosts, of aliens. I'm thinking giant squid. I don't oh! know how you could not be seeing that. I didn't even think kraken. So the kraken <laughs> came up and individually like suffocated each one. <laughs> I need about three fifty, you know, and just like rip that bastard. Of, you know, yeah, each person, yeah, just the wounds were so big they were just giant sucker wounds. You didn't see them. Oh, they got a bunch of suckers on each of their. Uh, you know, tentacles. <laughs> Dynamic drop in, Kevin. Thank you. I didn't know where that was going, and <laughs> I was just going to... I didn't either. I was just happy I pulled tentacles out, because I was like, I'm going to say, <laughs> on each of their limbs... We're talking about ghosts. There is a thing that kind of goes in with that. It was hot out, around like 110 degrees out that day, they say. The rescue people say, uh, they were quoted as saying, they found an extreme chill in the hole of the ship. Sounds like they need a digital thermometer like we have to find the cold spots. That... Is a true drop-in. That's true. It's true. It reminds me of the old Samuel Clemens quote. The Oh, cold, don't start nothing, won't be nothing? The coldest winter I ever spent <laughs> was a summer on the Orang Madan. No. That's beautiful, and thank you for uh, being Peter and not using the pen name. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. I, I will not have any, I don't have any time for pen names. Absolutely. We did a, We did some investigating, so I bought one of those, I don't know what they call them, like laser thermometers, where you shoot it. On a wall, and it'll tell you, you know, you know, sixty-four degrees, or you shoot it here, and it tells you, because supposedly it tell you a lot you warmer find, than that. It's kind of hot in here right now. I know. I just turned the air up a little bit, or down, or however you want to call it. So I tell you what, supposedly you'll you'll see it'll just start dropping degree, 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 degree. When a haunting is coming through, right? Now we haven't found that, but they, if they would have had one back then. Maybe they could have proven something. They could have proven it. Well, well, they definitely had them in 1948. See, John and I went to this thing called Spirits with Spirits where you drink beers and talk to ghosts, and they taught us that there. <laughs> they, 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 Is that a real thing? It, swear to God. <laughs> swear to God. It was 20 bucks a person, money well spent. <laughs> 
that's where we might differ, but you know. <laughs> but we did go. He's he's factually accurate about that. So let's let's get down to the brass text here, gentlemen. There's there's no record of it, no rear evidence other than hand me down hearsay and CIA paperwork that it existed or not. Let's go around. Do you guys think that it actually existed or or is a lie? John, what do you think? I absolutely believe the ship existed. Okay. I, I think that a version of this story happened. Maybe everybody wasn't dead. Maybe I mean, because I think words, you know, it's the game telephone, words get twisted. Um, or or may, maybe they all were dead, but they didn't all have that scared face and clawing at the air. You know, I think that a lot of embellishment happens. Um, the the dog might not have been a Shih Tzu; that it could have been a boxer. You know, mm. <laughs> but regardless, I I, th- I think every absolutely story existed. cell phone game by this time. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? uh, I'm gonna go with uh, kind of what Jerry was saying earlier. I I think it existed too, right? And I I'll buy this this idea that we wanted to get these chemicals. He and, didn't ask how it died. Oh. Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on <laughs> for the last time. Let's go the way of back. So you do think, though? You do think that it was? Yeah, if if it existed, that 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 is a sing of the day. No, that's a long this one. This is morning radio coming through. Oh, okay. Yeah, pick that up. No, I, I think if it did exist, that's a that's a plausible explanation that uh, there were these uh, chemicals on there, and we got those chemicals off there because uh, the the USA ship was the first one there. Okay, well let's let's go ahead and since Kevin ruined the flow that you're trying to establish, Brent, uh, let's go ahead and also say what we thought happened if it existed. Well, he said that. I just right. said that. I know. <laughs> so I'm saying. You want to go back? What I'm saying yours? we have to go back to me now. Oh, we're ruining oh, okay. the flow. Because um, I, I, I mean, Jay-Z. everyone is hanging on my every word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. See, See? Mm-hmm. I, at least somebody is. We're Thank, have to thank have a talk, you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ray. I, I actually think I'm, I'm kind of on board with this concept of of some sort of vile chemical in the cargo hold that was nefarious to begin with, because there would have been more like manifests and, and shipping documents and things like that. So they started out, you know. In, they started out uh, under a black cloud, and and then uh, and and then something, something, some sort of gaseous, noxious yeah. fume uh, took them all out. Jerry, uh, did it exist? And if it did or didn't or whatever, what do you think would have been the the cause? I, I think it existed. I think it was Tavin. Uh, it, it makes sense. I mean, that's something that would have made them look like that. It's something that would have killed them. Probably would have caused rapid decomposition. And I also think that uh, from the standpoint of, uh, from what I understand about Tavin, is that it would have dissipated really quickly, which wouldn't have caused any problems to anybody coming on board afterwards. It All that seems to fit. Yeah, I, I really think I believe that, too. It, you know, the the telltale sign for me of it being real was when the CIA was, was talking about it and, and things like that. Normally, you have a lot of these stories and there's just no proof. You know, look at the look at the Mary Celeste. We don't even know yeah. that it ever really existed, or this, that, and the oh, other. It was really the Marie Celeste. This one just has a lot more evidence to it, and the lack of evidence is also a very telling thing. So I believe it existed, and I really kind of get behind the poison gas uh, stuff like Tabin that that is thick. It could have killed the people on board, but then it dissipates, and it is a scary, scary, scary thing. And it, it sounds just like this multinational thing that they would have just kind of put to bed you're yeah. saying you're saying conspiracy it, it yeah. was uh, yeah and do you think the american government was involved i think they would have, to have been why no, 
because I believe that, well, not necessarily, but at first, but the U.S. government are the ones that that would have been talking to the Silver Star and finding out what was going on. I don't believe that they didn't go in and look and find out what was actually, they would have known what was on board at some point in time or See, another. See, I, I go the different direction. I kind of think the American government wasn't involved in this one. Not that I'm saying they're above it. They're not. So it's like a Germany, I, Japan. Or, or like Russia. Right, yeah. You know, something like that. Uh, they, 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 I'm sure, knew what was there as well. And and the reason I don't think the American government is involved because I really don't think the CIA would declassify that uh, a letter about it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I guess it could be disinformation, but why do that just a few years ago if they had been involved in it? Why resurface something that we had been involved with? I think they truly weren't involved and we're trying to figure it out. Well, not everyone agrees with all of us because we all actually seem to think that it existed. There's this author, Roy Bainton, and he said... The identity of the Silver Star has been established with high probability, but the complete lack of information on the sunken ship itself has given rise to suspicion about the origins and credibility of the account. Ship logs for the Silver Star do not show a record of any such rescue attempt. Him and others have put forward the possibility that accounts of, among others, the date, location, names of the ships involved in circumstances of the accident might have been inaccurate or exaggerated. Or that the story might be completely fictitious. So, you know, did it happen? We don't know. Someone knows for sure. And you know who that someone is? It's one of our listeners. And they need to tell us. <laughs> that is true. You know how they can do that? Telepathically, probably. Yes. Because they're probably high up in the... in the. But if they haven't studied CIA, that or CIA. if they haven't, they haven't reached the cloud bursting level... Hop on Facebook and go to Hysteria Nation. That's our Facebook discussion group. Just search Hysteria Nation. That's right. You can also tell us on Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. Tweet to us. You can find us on Reddit. You can find us everywhere. But but you really want to hear yourself on the show. Leave us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. 773-669-7277. Now, Kevin, give us that number once again, but give it to us in Roman numerals. <clears throat> XII. Nope, start over. <laughs> VII. You're out. VII. You're done. You're done. I- this isn't about us right now, though. We got two very special guests this week. Kevin, sad times. Tell us again. Tell us what you got coming up, going on. Yeah, so uh, sad times. It's uh, still going to be every Thursday. We're going to kind of go dark for a few weeks because I'm going to be traveling, and then uh, my new producer. Because nothing's better be for traveling. nothing's better for building an audience than the moment you get started hey, stopping. We we like uh, we like the challenge of it. We want to see who really <laughs> cares. If you listen to Jerry's show, he always says, you know, what's the main thing to your success? Really, just taking a lot of time off and being inconsistent. I think when you say <laughs> yeah, that's your that's what I'm saying. Your claim to fame, Jerry. That's what yeah. worked for you guys, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Laziness is a virtue. That's Remember right. that. Dynamite. <laughs> That'll be ten dollars. All right, Jerry, somebody who's got their shit together. Tell us about your show. Tell us uh, everything we need to know about. And Hill tell Dollar. us about these live shows you got. And coming your live up. You got shows coming up. Yeah. What, what's the four one one? Well, we've got uh, live shows everywhere. We're actually getting to spend a night in uh, Atchison, Kansas. At the Sally House, which most of you are probably familiar with. That's in August. But we're doing a live show at a Haunted Palucci's restaurant out there. We've got... uh had me a the, restaurant. Yeah, I know. I figured <laughs> I'm <it>. fat. <laughs> got New York City and Philly back-to-back days in uh, October. Still working on the Philly show. But all that's at our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Uh, we're doing Bobby Mackey's tomorrow. Inside actual Bobby Mackey's doing a live show. Nice. Which is the first time that they said anybody's done that for a podcast. 
So we're uh, happy about that. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to set is that up these tomorrow locations for you? tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow for us. Which we're will be doing Sunday. it tonight. So unfortunately, you're not the first. I'm sorry. Heck on it. Oh, son of a bitch, John, make that happen. Yeah, Assistant Ray. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we talk about all things unexplained on the show. Hillbilly Horror Stories is the name of the show. And uh, we have a lot of good special guests. We've had a lot of the main ghost hunters on uh, Grant Wilson, Amy uh, Bruni, Adam Berry. They've all mm-hmm. been on the show. Chad Lindbergh from uh, Fast and the Furious. Uh, we've had Andrea Perrin on, who is the uh, family was the story behind The Conjuring. Yeah. She was the 13-year-old girl in the movie. And we've had... Uh, oh. Man, just you name it. We've had a couple of exorcists on. I'm one of the few people I know that's got two exorcists in their phone. Little, so that's, wow. uh, that's good to Little have. known fact, you mentioned Chad Lindbergh earlier. He was the Lindbergh baby. Well, he was one of them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I just made that, that is not a, Actually, what true. you're saying is true. He was a he is a Lindbergh baby, yes. I want to add this in. My favorite guest that I've had on is Father Gary Thomas, which if uh, you're familiar with the movie The Right with Anthony Hopkins. It was based on his life. He was the young priest. That oh, that is a disturbingly fun movie. Yes. But wow. he was the young priest that was based on his life. A gentleman was over there and wrote the book uh, while they were going through the seminary together and uh, the uh, religious training for the exorcisms. And he's probably the most well-known exorcist. And we did a whole show on him telling us the difference between what you see in the movies and oh, what is man. real life. And he said a lot of what you see in real life uh, is very well captured by the movies. Wow. That is a, um, and unfortunately I haven't listened to your, that episode of yours yet. So that is on my list because that is awesome. And, and Anthony Hopkins playing a demonically possessed priest was just fantastic. It yes, is just it was. A, a crazy, crazy story. So that is just great. You know, Hey Brent, that's sir Anthony Hopkins to you. And not to be confused with the Catholic church that is needing exorcists they're they're in a drought for exorcists right now so well just just called jerry's got two of them that's true that yeah, is true. i get your start <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i only have one exorcist in my phone he's got two so he trumps me that's the way it goes <laughs> and mine mine just dabbles in it <laughs> he's also your mechanic it's, it's joe weird. peck i mean <laughs> the closest i can come is when joe peck went to jerusalem he did send me back uh holy soil and and water blessed by the the pope so i got that going for me of course he bought it from a a a vendor outside so i'm pretty sure that was just dirt from that guy's backyard and water from his tap but hey you know (laughs) who am i to who am i to judge it's like when you're in florida and you go to the uh you go to the airport and oh this is sand from the beach Mm -hmm. sure it is you can (laughs) tell because there's fleas inside it so it really was from the beach So, Kevin, Jerry, thank you guys so much for doing hey, this. It was you. a lot of fun. You know, we're talking talking ghost ships. It's fun to have one that uh, is a crazy one that actually could have maybe been true. Scary, too. And I think the best thing that could have happened if this was carrying Tabin was for what happened to happen, unfortunately. That sounds terrible, but uh, we don't need that stuff, and no one else does. Yep. To sit on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, and, and it is sad because the people that were doing it might not even know what they were carrying. You know what I mean? Right. And that's that's unfortunate, but who knows? Blame Russia. That's what I say. <sighs> Blame Russia. Blame Russia. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. Yeah, I've been Jerry. What's the name of the show again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, uh, um, what is this show called? The John Goforth Hour? <laughs> I've been a heartbroken John Goforth. <laughs> He's been conspiracy bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live.
That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.